Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am here with none other than fan favorite Ian Ooh. Dixon. All hail Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Nice. Ooh. We're still introducing you and you got a mm. catchphrase on. I like that our call and response was like right in time with the second howl. Yeah. It, that wasn't planned. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> so Scottcast is, we're, 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 we're approaching a hundred, and we close. and we we have our accomplishments under our belt, don't we? Mm-hmm. We've had celebrities galore on Scottcast at this point. We have. It's almost like who hasn't been on Scottcast yet? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think our draw is? Just our our wit. I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy. I think. It's probably our wit. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Master Charles still listening? Right? That's a great question. I think he would be the best one to let us know what, what our draw is. I wish we could email bag other people. Yeah. You know, I often enjoy the one-way aspect we have with our audience. Mm-hmm. They send us adulation. We send them... Nothing much in return. Acknowledgement that their adulation's been received. Yeah. Yeah. We acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But that's all we give. Yeah. Besides our, you know, entertainment work, our entertainment value. What's been going on this week? A lot of crazy news has been going on this week. <clears throat> there has been a lot of crazy news. I, I bought an extra microphone that I never used. Mm-hmm. And I shipped it the other day. Um, I packaged it with bubble wrap. I had it was already plastic wrapped, mint condition, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then you I packaged it. it very thoughtfully. I was so thoughtful about this mm-hmm. microphone that I sold for about eighty five dollars, mm-hmm. you know. And I shipping out of pocket with that, you know. Mm. Why do I go on this long rant? You may ask. Mm. Well, and you had some other uh, sort of uh, news about someone buying things online. Ah, you sent me didn't some turn news. Out quite, quite as well. Yes, <laughs> apparently, uh, a Canadian shop in Toronto mm-hmm. sells esoterica of its finest order. Yeah, some of the things they sell include organs, mm-hmm. like things in formaldehyde. Yeah. Medical specimens. Medical specimens that they get from the estates of esteemed doctors long past. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. One of these shops mailed a human brain across the border. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything really wrong with it, that particular act, but he didn't really do the right labeling. Yeah. (laughs) It was a surprise to the border agents. Yeah, where was it? It was at the Blue Water Bridge in Port Huron. So, like, I don't know how many miles that is north of here, but it's pretty close. Pretty close. It's almost a local story, even though it's an international story. (laughs) (laughs) International, huh? (laughs) (laughs) The UN is discussing it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) So they took it. They 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 looked at it and they mm-hmm. were like, "Oh my god, this this is this is a brain." 
a human brain. Yeah. And it was packaged in a mason jar. No formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. So it was sent dry, assuming that that means it's... A- Apparently, there was rules about shipping liquids, which they followed. <laughs> so no formaldehyde. But it seems like there's other rules about shipping organs that maybe they did not follow. <laughs> yeah. As a business owner mm-hmm. who deals in organs mm-hmm. shipped internationally, how much time would you allot to reading about shipping? I think I would... You get to batteries, I would get to liquids. significant time before I send anything. <laughs> okay. Something about the organs, maybe? I mean... I mean, what is really wrong about shipping organs? It makes sense that there's organs? rules about it. But what's really wrong about shipping organs? Well, it any um, biological matter could potentially have, um, could carry diseases. Potential to carry diseases. So you want to like plastic wrap it at least. <laughs> so it should just be a check mark on a slip that says, my organ is plastic wrapped. Mm-hmm. Please continue. And see, I don't know the... Rules and regulations around, like when they move cadavers, if someone donates their body to science and it goes to a specific university, obviously they ship it there. I don't know how that works. Is that up to the, like the funeral company, or is there a specific company that deals with the logistics of body donations? I don't know. <laughs> like, is there a FedEx? It seems for like organs? whatever. Whatever we use for like medical donations should be used also for medical specimens being shipped places. Maybe there's a middleman and they didn't want to pay the extra dollars or whatever. But but the thing about this is like it wasn't about like an organ donation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was nothing to do with the medical field really. It's it was mostly like a, like a nerd selling to a nerd like. Yeah. Oh, I got this brain. Well, there's Ooh. other ethical questions about whether we should just be able to buy body parts. Okay, what's wrong with <laughs> buying a brain? <laughs> if it's somehow, if it's legally obtained. And how would that happen? You know, uh, the estate of an old doctor. You know, He has a brain specimen that he has as like maybe his best friend. Well, who did that brain belong to before? Yeah, his best friend, I guess. But I that know. is weird, though. Yeah. It's like carrying like a, someone else's flash drive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> a little bit. Because it's like, uh, if anything still has that person's essence and spirit in mm-hmm. the physical realm, mm-hmm. it's the brain, right? It's all brain. Maybe there's a bit of soul left in that old ticker. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe we can like spark it to life, Frankenstein style. Yeah. And that's the kind of future I want to live in. I want to live in a future. It's like the idea of owning someone's body is the problem. I mean, you know, so there's some sort of transaction in the will. Like you donate to science or you donate it to that. I mean, and when science is done with you, where do you go then? Do you have to be, do you need, does there need to be like a disposal, like a recycling bin for people? They're used for um, learning and then incinerated, I would imagine. I don't know. But if here's the deal. Okay, so the body was donated for science, Mm -hmm. right? It goes to the science lab. Mm-hmm. And then the science lab has no more use for the body for some reason. Mm-hmm. And they sell off some of the parts that could be somehow sold off. Mm-hmm. 
and that money goes to helping the science lab. Ergo, body still being used for science. You can't just sell to anybody, though. Those body parts are going to get used for other things. <laughs> there's there's got to be the necro test. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's got to be laws on how you handle it. Like, yeah. like gun laws, like, you know, you got to keep it in a safe or something. You got to keep it in a jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we're getting all into ethics and stuff. I think the the real story in this story is the the abysmal job they did with shipping this thing. Yeah. Just to describe it, it's not bubble wrap like I did the bubble wrap. It looked like they kind of plastic wrapped it and then put it back in the jar and then put like bubble wrap on top of it. <laughs> I don't think the brain was plastic wrapped at all. Because <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I read the article, here's the layers okay. specifically. I noted that mm-hmm. in my brain. <laughs> brain, bottom of jar. Paper towel on top of brain. It was a paper towel, not a plastic wrap. Okay. So it was loosely covered with paper towel. This was put in the bottom of a mason jar, mm-hmm. about three times the size of the brain. And to keep it steady, an unrolled roll of <laughs> bubble wrap wedged between the left hemisphere of this brain. And the top of the mason jar lid. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't really wrapped in bubble wrap. It was, (laughs) it was just held there by bubble wrap, (laughs) you know, in stick form. Mm -hmm. So you would have packaged it more thoughtfully. Mm -hmm. As you demonstrated with your microphone. Here's my trick. Wax paper. Mm. Shipping a brain. Wrap that in wax paper. It won't take any of the... It'll let it breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, but it won't... Won't stick to it. Won't stick to it. Won't interfere with its structure. It'll preserve it. And ideally, it's sent in uh, UPS. Okay. Why why UPS? I feel like they handle their packages better. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't you just trust UPS a little bit more? They're a little bit more homely mm-hmm. as far as the package delivery services are concerned. Like, I would never send a brain like that ZHN, that DHL stuff, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. That, one, that yellow truck, that's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, okay, back to the ethics discussion. I guess I do have this... I unexplainable need to make sure that a human brain is treated well mm-hmm. after uh, all apparent uses fade. Okay. Because I want it UPS rather than <laughs> some third-rate company. Well, you just want care taken with any product being shipped. Yeah. And it's not specific to brains. Yeah. This is all about the Scott Cast store. Because <laughs> we ship every product first class. Mm-hmm. Completely taken care of. Mm-hmm. They put the custom t shirts on a pillow mm-hmm. and deliver it 
to the delivery specialist. Yeah. Who then irons the shirt, kisses it, folds it, and places it in a bag with our stamp of approval on it. Mm. They then give it to a Kenyan who runs it for 30 miles to the to the best UPS they can find. <laughs> Not just any UPS, the best one. The best UPS. They're all pretty top grade, but this is going to the elite. <laughs> and your product doesn't... No, it's not just like a token from some shit podcast you listen to. Mm -hmm. Now, it's this thing that took this hero's journey. And that could be you wearing that, that hero of a t-shirt. I like that through that whole thing, you didn't uh, give the the (laughs) web address for the store. Oh. (laughs) We'll talk about the actual products. Oh, okay. If you're interested in buying some Scott Cast swag, you can go to... TheScottCast.com, Ian. Hmm. And that's not the only thing you can get there. You can also listen to all our episodes. You can uh, find our Patreon. And our Patreon's got all sorts of new I hear big things are happening with that, yeah. There's a lot of cool new programming on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. We've got um, a meditation app I'm building out with it. Right now, there's a video of me meditating in front of a camera for one minute. <laughs> Comments are overly enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reads that they, well, they all about say that they found it um, incredibly impressive that I was able to keep my head still and my eyes open for so long. Mm-hmm. Not that they didn't believe it. I mean, I did it. I did the work. I was in the zone for that minute. Mm-hmm. Were you listening to the uh, Jurassic ASMR to keep <laughs> level and calm? That wouldn't be meditation. That would just be pleasure. <laughs> but it's another. It's a great video idea by itself. <laughs> oh, okay. How about this, Ian? Because you haven't really contributed to the Patreon too much yet. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's okay. Well, you're not even on it. (laughs) But uh, how about for our Patreon? We get some classic Michael Crichton Mm -hmm. and we Scott Castify it. Okay. We read it, we comment, and we do very quiet voices into the mic. Is that fair use? (laughs) (laughs) The estate of Michael Crichton is going to sue us for. Well, when we get the letter, we get the letter. That's how I say. Okay. <laughs> we could try right now. Want to read a passage? I think I've got two copies of the book. Which one? Jurassic Park? Jurassic Park. Mm. Or do you want to do the fan fiction where it's the where they end up having sex with each other? I think that's more fun. Okay. Well, we can look one up. And those people aren't going to sue us. They won't. <laughs> <laughs> they might do other things while listening to mm. us. That's what we're. That's what it's for, though. <laughs> Is that what it's for? <laughs> Is that what we're trying to sell to the public? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, well, I'm just trying to start a podcast empire, Ian. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, I admit, if we did get an audience by posting lurid ASMR Jurassic Park fare. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if I'd give it up. <laughs> I might dedicate the entirety of Skycast to it because it's like, wow, this this engine's got oil. Yeah, sir. Would you would you still be like like uh, involved in Skycast if it literally just became a factory <laughs> of content for ill use? I'm not sure. We'll cross that bridge as we come to it. Because originally mm-hmm. you started this podcast and you told me, Scott, I don't want to be in a famous podcast. If this thing gets famous, I'm out of here. True. What was it? Ten episodes ago, you come in with this story being like <laughs> a waiter. <laughs> this waiter asked for my autograph and I thought it was for Scott Cast. To my dismay, it was not. <laughs> To your dismay. He just wanted me to pay my check. He just wanted asshole. <laughs> he just wanted to do his job. What a jerk. But you were disappointed that you weren't famous. Mm-hmm. Well, I felt like an idiot because I misread the situation. I wasn't necessarily disappointed that I was. You didn't not even like famous. a little tinge that like, oh, this isn't a fan favorite Ian Dixon moment. Like yeah. you, you your hopes were raised and the, they didn't even deflate a little bit upon like the realization. Well, Hamtramck Famous is different from like Famous Famous, though. Hamtramck Famous is awesome. You get a beer or two once in a while. I I like beer. Yeah, that's the point. That's why I'm stringing you into this. So there's a level of fame that would be like too much, and I would be out. But if I go around town and get free beer, I'm all about that. That's what we're building up to. Yeah, <laughs> this is what Scottcast is all about, people. There you go. The more revenue we get via Patreon, the more we're able to kind of produce. Interesting content. Mm-hmm. And the more we're able to go out in bars and flaunt our Patreon income at people. Yeah. I have a checkbook that uh, directly draws from the Patreon account. And every time I get a drink, I write a check <laughs> <laughs> with my Patreon check. <laughs> Anyways, this is a wacko podcast so far. Yeah. This is off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure uh, where we're going, but there's no narrative structure. <laughs> and you know what I obsessed with all day mm. today about? What would the narrative structure of today's show be? I obsessed about it. I wrote down a bunch of topics, none of which are in front of me right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how can I organize these into a linear anything? Even just what what kind of conceit can I come up with? And then I was just like, no, Scott, just rely on your conversational power with fan favorite Ian Dixon. How's that going? <laughs> <laughs> just ride it out till something happens. I'm sure something's going to happen. <laughs> We're two very intelligent individuals, mm-hmm. and we don't talk about anything too heady. In fact, some of the best things we talk about. Or like movies and stuff, like new movies we might have seen, like Oscar-winning movies, like The Joker. Mm. You finally watched The Joker. I did. You watched it at your home mm-hmm. with Ron one. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. I guess I, I kind of missed what all the fuss was about as far as like, I know there was a lot of controversy and like, oh, are we... Um, Elevating psychopaths into like anti heroes and blah blah. 
I mean, I thought it was a pretty straightforward story. I don't, I don't know that his um, his mental illness was glorified, or in the parts that it was. I think that was part of the point was that um, sometimes the way we work in society, uh, people are glorified for reasons that may not match what what's actually going on. Does that make sense? Yeah, like a little Trumpian. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's so I easy mean, to I, draw I, the I, I don't know. Are we spoiling this thing? <laughs> <laughs> like oh, can, oh, yeah. We. I mean, come on. It's won the Academy Award. I'm the last person to have seen it. So you're, you're, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're the last person to see it. And if you haven't seen it yet, and you're listening to Scott Cast, I, I kind of wonder. You should email in. Actually, I kind of wonder your demographic. <laughs> hey, who are you? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I would say it was straightforward. Even touching on the subject of mental trauma and then mm-hmm. raging out. But that's real. It is real. That's it, what that's I liked about it. it. Was like there was no, there was no character in it that was like pure good guy, pure bad guy. You know, he did bad things, and he his character was it's flawed for sure. But he was also a victim. He was. Just trying to fit in. He's trying to connect with people, and he didn't quite know how. And it got frustrating, and then it escalated in a bad way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it also felt it gave me a lot of like uh, Taxi Driver vibes. I don't know if you ever seen Taxi Driver. Yeah, I love Taxi Driver. Yeah. I actually saw that in the theater, not yeah. when it came out, like a midnight showing or something. Some re-release for no reason. Hmm. Me and a friend just went. Just yeah. like out of nowhere, when I was it was like, like even a lot of the like specific scenes in the Joker where he's like acting in front of the TV and the kind of miming the gun to the head throughout. Mm-hmm. It's all like directly from Taxi Driver. Also, De Niro's in it. Even just like the color mm-hmm. of the movie, it was very like uh, that era. Mm-hmm. A little ambiguous as to what era it was in, the Joker was in, wasn't it? I mean, you knew it was kind of like a little older, but... Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it was probably like... Could have been Taxi Driver, could have been 90s. I want to say it was like 70s, probably. You want to say 70s? Okay, yeah, with the De Niro. And like... With with the talk show vibe, the, in the set they have, kind of the process of moving from like mental hospitals and asylums to they kind of just kicked everybody out and like good luck. <laughs> that was all occurring in the seventies because uh, things like Geraldo did that and like expose about how they just abused uh, development and developmentally disabled children. And- okay, so you saw the historical context mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, that shit happened. I mean, not not exactly that, but that uh, kind of deinstitutionalization of uh, mental health. And yeah, we got a lot of, that's why like the largest um, populations with mental health issues are like homeless or in prisons now. I mean, it's, it touches every community, but those like specifically there's really high incidences in prisons and because that's kind of where they go now instead of asylums. 
we just kicked them off on the street and they're they can't get by because they don't quite have the uh, the skill sets. And so then we lock them up somewhere else. Um, but it's about systems. That's that's kind of those are the themes I picked out of the film itself. Is these the systems are broken. This was he wasn't a bad guy. It was just a breaking he, point there. Yeah, he became what he was because he needed help and he couldn't get it. Yeah, the only and, thing he got like good vibes from was when he accidentally killed those uh, uh, those Veblen people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Saw that there was people being like good riddance. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the connection he found and that reinforced that behavior. And then, of course, it's going to continue and escalate. Just people trying to find people to hang out with. Yeah. You know? That's why I podcast. So you don't murder people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like going to the bar, there's more likely you're going to run into a murderer. Than staying inside your house? Yeah. Yeah, and there's more, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there's not much trouble you can get into podcasting mm-hmm. unless you get real famous and start saying real stupid stuff. Or even really just mildly abrasive stuff at this point. Yeah. You know? And I don't fear that. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think I'll get famous. Yeah. (laughs) Take that, PC culture. (laughs) You can't cancel somebody who who didn't have prospects to begin with. So yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I recommend it if anyone has not seen it for some reason. Um, I think the, the themes are relevant and our systems are still very much broken. Mm hmm and we should treat each other with kindness so that we don't all get murdered. People were really mad that the Joker didn't win best picture. And I think mm-hmm. those people, you can find them on the internet, give them a label. Mm-hmm. And those people need to go see a doctor or something. Like unless they had some like really weird particular enjoyment of Joker. Mhm. It wasn't best picture material, right? Like it wasn't like it was good. I don't, yeah, I don't like, think it was. The story was good that it touched on these things, and it was kind of well executed, and the acting was superb, as, yeah, as was recognized. But uh, you know, I'm like I think it was a little overhyped as far as mm-hmm. like the the character car- carried a lot of it. Yes, agree. Yeah, whereas Parasite. Mm-hmm. Touches on almost the same themes, right? Class warfare, in yeah. a sense. The the way the system breaks. Yes. It had the same feel about it in that, um, again, there was, the characters were well-rounded. They weren't, like, good or bad. They all had flaws. They all had strengths. I think like that's a prerequisite to doing anything with like class warfare, and you really want to put your point mm-hmm. across is you need to have people's morally, individually ambiguous. Yes, or people will just be like, "Well, yeah, he's just a dick of that class," right? You know. But if if you see the well-to-do people um, perpetrating the flaws of their mm-hmm. of, of their position, maybe you'll open your mind more. So that's a prerequisite. What does it do great? What does it do great? Because I'm going to watch this tomorrow night with Sabelle. Are the characters better 
in this one than in Joker. Because in Joker, you got kind of got a crazy star character, but even then, mm-hmm. you don't really get a grasp on him because it's more about his mythos. True. Um, to some extent, I think they're more elaborated on um, the the kind of main family, the poor family, more so than the rich family. Um, but like in Joker, so there's not much elaborated on, really. You get kind of a vague backstory about yeah his childhood. And I guess the mother a little bit, mm-hmm. in that she turns out to be a little wackadoodle too, making yeah. stuff up. Yeah. Due to a trauma and abuse, they really they really hammer at home that that stuff is inflicted on people. Yeah. But like I said, like we we pro, we're like seventy five percent through the character profiles in that movie, mm-hmm. as Scott cast talking about it, and like you you can only talk about groups of people so far in Parasite. It's got some weird changes. So you're going you're going to watch it when? Probably tomorrow. How much do you know about it from like just word of mouth? I mean, watching the trailer, you 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 can tell there's like a really twisted turn. Mm-hmm. That takes it from like uh almost a schemey scampy movie mm-hmm. to something dark and ominous. I feel like cannibalism is involved. Mm. That's the vibe I got. I don't know why. So I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, I'm okay with spoilers. There's definitely a big shift in tone about halfway. Um, Like, spoilers to me, like, they don't even matter. I guess, like... What spoke to me about it was more like, as I'm watching it, I'm kind of doing this thought experiment about like, where would I go with this if I was in that situation? And it's like almost all the way through, you just like faced with all these moral dilemmas and like, oh, they're making the best of a bad situation, I guess. Okay. So you're, you really, you, you actually believe that like, in, if you were in the same situation as which character? Um, like the initial family, I guess. The initial family, like the it's, decisions. It kind of focuses make. on like the brother for the most part. He's kind of the the focal point of the story. Um, but the whole family is involved. Mm-hmm. The poor family. You could just see the reasoning behind each action. Mm-hmm. Is it like Scarface Breaking Bad style where it's like, oh, I can't believe this person's now doing this? Not to that extent. I think they um, make crystal meth. <laughs> How to explain it thoughtfully right now? Well, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and that's our little sneak peek at Parasite and our review of Joker. Yeah. And we did the brain topic. We did. Hmm. Where are we at? We've got... We could shit our pants. We could shit our pants? <laughs> oh, right. And well, See where things go from there. <laughs> okay. That's a good way to make a pod interesting for the people doing it, mm-hmm. right? Because producing a podcast is not like listening to a podcast. When I deliver the product, it's nice and smooth and mm-hmm. it's buttered and it's like... 
It's like the world's easiest conversation and you're listening to it. It's great. But when you're producing it, it's like we got to think of the right things to say, you know, like we're self-conscious of things we've said in the past that we're like, oh, I can't believe I put that to tape. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, a little touch and go. Then we get into things, we move it out. It's more comfortable that way. That's just how it's produced. Yeah. So if we introduce into this dynamic shitting ourselves and then continuing through until we were finished with the podcast, I mean, that would give us a really nice little narrative structure to attach to. Because, okay, inciting incident, we shit ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, immediately that grabs attention. It's like, whoa, these guys shit themselves on, on pod? <laughs> And now you're you're a little hooked because you listen and you're like, are they going to just keep going? And as we continue the podcast, you know, start things start to permeate. Mm-hmm. We just kind of want it to be over, but it gets a little uncomfortable for each of us, both of us, <laughs> both in the pants and psychologically. Mm-hmm. Every time we make like a quip that even slightly is it's even slightly scatological. We kind of wince. There's a little bit of retching. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the podcast, we we kind of hate each other. But uh, there's a learned helplessness. And the mics just go silent for like 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And all you hear is background noise and groaning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the podcast. Yeah. Isn't that a ridiculous concept? That is. We definitely should not shit ourselves. <laughs> but sometimes that happens. Like when you're trekking across Antarctica. Right. This man shit himself and walked across Antarctica. How far was it? Did across it? Antarctica? I don't know. <laughs> we, need, we need to pull It was like a few up. months, I think. He had a few and months. He brought, he brought one pair of underwear to conserve space for like food and stuff. So, well, like in the cold of in the Antarctic, right? Yeah, there's smell doesn't travel so much, I imagine. I suppose because heat kind of makes the smell real bad. But yeah, if it's frozen, like, but if it's, I mean, there's no smell. I guess it didn't. I didn't. I don't. I'd have to revisit the article. But Venica you get the impression that he's like he's still wearing these underwear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like today, <laughs> his body heat would like. You okay. think it would like get a rash or it'd get something bad would happen? Yeah, I mean, but you like, can't you like wash yourself off with water. True, but would, I mean, you can like go commando and like chuck those things into the snow or whatever, or maybe like just flip them inside out. Maybe, yeah. Like at, at the very least, don't have the. It sounded like it was a real. Like juicy too. Like he, like he, had he woke tacos. up. <laughs> yeah, he like woke up in the middle of the night and he like felt like he was starving and he fucking ate all these fiber bars that were like super dense, caloric, and like <laughs> so he's like twelve of them and it's like four days worth of food, and then he starts hiking the next day and like that all that fiber catches up to him and he just like a fountain, right? Yeah. 
That sounds beautiful, man. <laughs> like, what's this man's name? I don't remember. Let's call pull him. It up. Let's pull it up, and then let's let's tell a story with like some of this music I downloaded. Because <laughs> I feel like this man deserves an epic retelling of his feat. Colin O'Brady. Okay, here, here's the anthem to Colin O'Brady. In late 2018, Colin O'Brady became the first person to cross the continent of Antarctica alone and unsupported by a resupply or kite. A lonely task for sure. To save precious space and weight on his sled for food and essential gear, he completed the trek wearing just one pair of underwear. Stark. Proud. Determination embodied. He pooped his pants. <laughs> Go on, Ian. Tell us the tale of Colin O'Brady and his shat underwear. <laughs> he pooped his pants less than halfway through and had to continue using the same underwear for 38 days. 38 days of shit stain <laughs> draws. And one man. O'Brady's food rations were a critical part of his strategy for what he hoped would be a successful initial crossing. Packed up with him were special gooey 1,180 calorie Colin bars created specifically for him and his trek by his sponsor, Standard Process. <laughs> Standard Process? <laughs> Not so standard process. <laughs> it's standard process that we only use one <laughs> pair of underwear. He had carefully portioned out how much of the bars he'd be allowed to eat each day. But that fateful night in his tent, things did not go according to plan. No! I was seized by a wave of hunger that made me ravenous and a bit out of control, O'Brady wrote. Still half asleep, I grabbed a duffel bag with my food supplies and ripped it open then grabbed chunks of Colin bars and stuffed them into my mouth. The high-fat mix of coconut oil, nuts, dried cranberries, and cocoa powder in the powder bars was designed to more easily fuel O'Brady's 8,000-calorie ski days. But the bars were not designed to be eaten en masse after midnight. O'Brady probably <laughs> ate about 2,000 calories worth in one 3 a.m. gorge. The next day, he woke up feeling sick, knowing that he'd have to ration what he ate th that day to make up for the binge. His stomach started to gurgle before he'd finished capping, packing up his campsite, and he felt so uncomfortable that he pressed a hand to his belly several times. <laughs> a new wave of rumbling gurgles rolling through my gut grabbed my mind entirely and I tried to fight back by focusing on things outside myself, O'Brady says. His indigestion worsened. There was no containing the pain anymore. After six hours of hiking in near minus 25 degree Fahrenheit temperatures, O'Brady suddenly felt what he called a wave. One that would not <laughs> stop. <laughs> He had been fairly regular until that point on the trip, going to the bathroom every morning and then staying dressed head to toe in snow gear all day. 
until he could stop to set up camp. O'Brady decided it would be best to wait until the evening to take off his jacket, overalls, and base layer to get... Anyways, so so, so he just continues on, and then he Keeps going. shovels it out. His body had other plans. I thought I'd get relief as I was able if I was able to pass some gas, he says. So I tried. Unfortunately, more than gas came out. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, so this, this is a good sound effect for this. There you go. So it's like a big old chart. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the story of Colin O'Brady. The, the 2,000 calorie shard. <laughs> the shard across Antarctica. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, here he is, a modern-day explorer, who even, who even, like, and, and of all the professions um, in the world, mm-hmm. explorer is the one that is getting the, the worst returns for its buck these days. Yeah. Like, no one's discovering continents anymore. What's he trying to prove going all by himself? Like, come on. Yeah. It's like, like, was this for bars? I I don't know. Maybe it's a publicity thing for the bars, but they should just sell it as a laxative, man. (laughs) At this point, yeah. Just eat 2,000 calories. uh, Keep 500. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's... I mean, honestly, though, him shitting was the driver of this publicity. Would we be talking about Colin I, I O'Brady? I wouldn't know who he was without the shit. <laughs> <laughs> we salute you, Colin. <laughs> All right, so we're back. There's a little, uh, there's a little conceit to this. Final portion of Scott Cast, though, mm-hmm. for I have started a Fry Daddy. <laughs> right now, about a four cups of cooking oil is heating up to fry temperature, some 400 some degrees. That takes about 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And during this time, I'm going to pressure Ian Dixon into writing some more. Ian's Called Kitchen. Mm. If you haven't already found out by the advertisement previously, which was horribly... uh, (laughs) Ineffective. Ineffective, (laughs) uninformative, (laughs) generally just rambling. (laughs) There is uh, new shows on the Patreon, including Mm -hmm. Scott's Awful Dining, of which um, I present to you my very sad kitchen habits mm-hmm. with monologues and everything. The Fry Daddy is featured in it. I gotta say, David mm-hmm. saw all this. Scott's awful dining. Yeah. Ian's cult kitchen. And he said he's gonna start his own mm-hmm. uh, acronym-based cooking show. It's always hanging on our coattails. He's hanging on his... He's got to copy our recipe for success. Right? I copied your recipe, which was cool, because I was the first copier. Mm-hmm. The first person to copy somebody... It's flattering. Gets a pass. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. flattering. 
First now follower. it's just like bandwagon and come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> David's just <laughs> doesn't even he he doesn't even understand the conceit of what we're going for because you're doing a cooking show with special effects from beloved movies. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a cooking show with a he- heaping dose of depression in real life. <laughs> and his is David's awesome and masculine nutrition mm-hmm. podcast. Damn. Damn. After Scottcast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. Not today, David. <laughs> Not today. Mm-hmm. So you're on blast for stealing it. But at the same time, I kind of like that he's going to do this. Yeah. I don't care if he's making like these two hour videos on broccoli sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing feature length. Uh... <laughs> feature length <laughs> like nutrition videos. <laughs> It's just, it's just him getting all the information out yeah, and citing all the studies. Well, it's good he's doing his own sort of twist on things. Mm-hmm. 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 Kyle doesn't like it. Kyle doesn't like it. But the only reason I'm really welcoming it mm-hmm. and will provide a platform for it mm-hmm. if need be um, is because it puts the pressure on you to produce more Ian's Cold Kitchens. We've already talked about doing a Shave Scott's Head episode, but look at me. I'm like Samson without Delilah over here. <laughs> yeah. I've got a mane that rivals any hair metal singer. Let's get enough frizz and hairspray up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. And you'll see me screaming Twisted Sister down the highway. Well, I just got to figure out what the uh, what the ending would be so that we can film that before we shave you. <laughs> this is how much thought Ian puts into his productions. He's just yeah. like, the ending needs to make sense. I man. know the film and the dish. You know the basic effects, I just the need, premise. I need uh, a narrative for for my kitchen. You're my, not going to approach story. it like Scott Cast. That's like the main <laughs> thesis of Ian's Call Kitchen. It's not like Scott Cast. We're actually going to plan it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, commendable. Yeah, so, so it seems like this is gearing up to another, not necessarily a feud cast, but a, like a kitchen competition, a cook-off. Scott Cast Cook-Off. The Scott Cast Kitchen Competition Cook-Off. <laughs> we got three uh we got we got three culinary video productions mm-hmm. from three podcast masters cutting their teeth on some fine foods. Yeah. Today in um interrupting broadcast news, <laughs> we have like an old bluesman. Mm. You hear the old bluesman? My, my, one of my challenges for Scott Casts is when that happens, um, I like to I like to denoise the sample and get as much of the original signal as possible. Mm-hmm. It's fun. <laughs> I, the whack demo we featured recently 
um, turned out really nicely. Mm. So Bell thought I actually just took a clip out from somebody else's demo just to call it whack. <laughs> <laughs> Which tells you a lot about how much she suspects I have vitriol for random artists. <laughs> then my ability to denoise a sample. <laughs> but I digress. We're talking feud styles. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like David's kind of encroaching on your space because, mm-hmm. like, you still pod at a ratio of about three to one versus him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got his own show that he features me on. Yeah. So there's that. And every time we release something on Scottcast, he's always there liking and commenting, sending, sending notes, all that stuff. I feel like he's, I feel like he's buying. Mm for that right-hand position in Latter-day Scott Cassidy. I think he's jealous he's never gotten over his uh, his status as the Feudcast loser. I think he is. I still have his Feudcast loser mug here because <laughs> he refuses to take it back to his place, <laughs> which I was a little bit surprised about. Mm. I frequently use my uh, Feudcast winner mug. <laughs> so there's a there's a stark contrast in the way you two embrace each mug. Mm. One is a daily use, the other is a never again. David. So Somebody I think he's know. I think he's like biting at the heels, wanting a feud cast too, mm. wanting to take over that spot from you. Yeah, you know. But he's playing smart. Like last time we did Viewcast, he went in talking about how you don't know shit about Celtic. No, you said that. Who said somebody didn't know shit about the Celtic culture? That was probably me. (laughs) Oh, okay. Sounds like something I would say. Okay, so you listened and you didn't like his style. Oh, maybe you're the fucking shit starter. You ever think about that? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that you... uh, you egged all that on. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I seem to recall that you were pretty intent on us feuding. I wouldn't say that. Uh, like I don't I don't want you guys to fight. You guys are my co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Like if I could, I'd have a triumvirate pod every night of my life. It would just be like, what did you do today, Scott? And that would be the podcast. Mm-hmm. Just me and my triumvirate talking about me. <laughs> that does sound like you. Yeah, that's my that's that's the ideal I'm working towards. <laughs> so, of course I wouldn't like want you guys to fight, but here you are, like picking sides. Um David's producing shows as direct competition against your shows, like mm-hmm. not even feigning the positioning. It's just like direct, like even the name style is the same. It's, I dare you, he's saying, Mm -hmm. produce something better than what I'm going to produce. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, I did the same exact thing with Scott's Awful Dining. Yeah. Which was shot in 4K, by the way. Scaled down to 1080p, but still. Yeah. It's a nice crisp video for the Patreon subscribers. And that's the thing about me, is I'm not really directly competing against you. Mm -hmm. I'm putting it all on the Patreon. It's for... People who subscribe to our Patreon, we've got four levels now. We've got Scott Castigators at $3, Hamtramck Avengers at $5, 
gold members at ten dollars, and the Veblen tier at thirty five dollars. <laughs> Everybody gets all the pods, all the videos, all the bonus stuff. All the other tiers get merch. Atomic Avenger gets a shout out and a merch item at the end of every episode. Nice. Gold members get merch every three weeks, big kind of thing, like a like a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And Veblens get a custom, unique, one-of-a-kind merch item every month. Wow. Who's designing all that shit? Well, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> So far, we only have Hamtramck Avengers, mm. uh, David, and Sabell. <laughs> <laughs> well, got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. But yeah, that those are the tiers of that. And that's not really competing against Ian's Cult Kitchen. Because Ian's Cult Kitchen is a public show. That yeah. should have its own YouTube channel by now. Mm. I need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to find my cold kitchen right now. It's on scottkraus.com somehow. <laughs> I don't know how I got there. It's going to be on the scottcast.com, mm. the entirety of the Ian's Cold Kitchen run. Cool, cool. So if you're listening to this, it's there. But uh, we need another episode, and we got a feud coming up. So what did we learn today, Ian? I've got, I've got new... Music, not music, but a little background ambiance for what did we learn today. Mm-hmm. And also, I learned that I stole that from Steve Brule like two days ago. <laughs> what did we learn? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in the end of every Steve Brule Check It Out episode. Yeah, that's true. Everyone on ScottCast is a Steve Brule fan and nobody has caught that yet. <laughs> or they just didn't tell me. I mean, that's like a, it's kind of a trope almost from like every show you grew up with as a kid too I accept that yeah So it's just a nice capper I yeah. like it it's nice to summarize and kind of bring things together so while we're summarizing we're gonna do it uh, we have a choice Ian mm-hmm. I want I want to hear your get your opinion on it we can do it by a forest river we can do it during uh, a horror movie we can do it um on a pirate ship, and we can do it in a apartment with uh, with, with with street sounds. Hmm. Let's do the river. See how that goes. What did we learn today, Ian? Well, we learned a lot about perseverance. Yeah. That if you've got some mental health issues and can't find the help you need, or if you shit your pants and have a long way to walk for some reason or uh, <laughs> if you keep coming up with these great ideas for like pods or video stuff and people keep stealing them and try and take the credit you just gotta kinda kinda keep on going man keep on keeping on it's gonna work out I like maybe that. I don't know probably not that's a good that's a good summation though you know I just putting aside the probably not at the end <laughs> You know, you got to have perseverance. Yeah. Through the dips, through the shit like, pants. Yeah, life's going to take a shit on you. Yeah. But are you going to give up or are you going to, like, keep trying? Don't snap and shoot Robert De Niro. No. I like Robert De Niro. Yeah. Even in his talk show, lame mm-hmm. 
role on Joker. I, I liked him yeah. enough. I'd take that as a late show talk show host. So, so you gotta have perseverance. Don't don't give in to the pressures. That's right. Yeah. This is the episode of perseverance. Mm-hmm. Yes, we had a great episode on Astronomicon, and today we show you the way we just brute force a podcast out of the night. <laughs> right. Y'all are laughing. Y'all are enjoying this, but understand, Ian and I are both sweating right now. <laughs> Boyd Kaufman called us idiots, but look at us now. Look at us now. We are self-aware idiots. <laughs> All right. This is nice doing this by the river. Hmm? Yeah. So, anything else, Ian, before we close this shop? I think that's it. I mean, I thought of another point I had meant to say about the Joker, but it's... What was that? We're, we're past it now. There's so much ambiance we have. <laughs> um... One of the things that stuck out to me was like that kind of, um, I don't know what you'd call him, his like henchman that kind of emerged, uh, influenced by his, his acts. Right. A lot of the, there's like a gang that all wore the, um, the, the masks. masks. Yeah. And I kind of, I don't know if this was like the intent, but it sort of, felt like a statement about like the social justice warrior kind of thing where like Joker was really just acting out his emotions and they like took it as a political statement and like sometimes people are a little too strong with their politics and it like their level of enthusiasm about it sort of seems to align with like someone who's just got lots of problems you know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh there was a there was another news thing that I didn't send to you, but I think it was at a Bernie Sanders rally. Like some vegan ladies went up and like tore their clothes off and took like milk cartons full of blood and poured it on themselves to like protest. Well, Bernie, are you gonna stand up to the dairy industry? And it's like, who are you going to convince? Like, I mean, people like boobs and all, but what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, we don't want carry boobs. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that is like funny. Like, who do they think they're convincing by yeah. doing this thing? They're just, it's okay to have, to be passionate about a cause, but um, if you want to convince somebody, you know, riding in the streets and causing chaos is not the way to do it. And pouring blood on yourself—that's something you do in a trauma yeah, stop movie. Stop trying to grab attention. Stop trying to grab attention by dressing up like a clown. Yeah. And shooting Robert De Niro's, like, or protesting veganism, or the other way around. Let's just all be reasonable adults. Yeah. And that's what we learned today. So it it sort of was a commentary about like the full spectrum of society and how we're all kind of shit. <laughs> and that's why you loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like that. All right. So I think that does the trick for us. Right? Yeah, from the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, type with the Azoo. See you later, Scottcastigators. All right. All hell, Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. Yes.
There we go. Got 20 minutes of cut room. And it'll be a fine podcast. <laughs>